0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, for what will be your Friday episode. And like I told you guys in the past, um, normally Thursday we record the pregame show. It's just not really feasible right now in 2020. Um So much changes on the daily landscape. Um So, you know, we'll wait. Um, Yeah, honestly, we'll probably record it this week on Sunday, seeing as we have Monday night football. I'll still get you another episode out tomorrow. You guys know I have no qualms about putting in the work, but just to try and get you guys the most accurate information, you know, certainly this week, obviously Wyatt Teller is going to be a big one. And of course, with Denzel Ward, um, you know, with him potentially trying to be back here for Monday night football, we're going to sit down with Mark Sessler. Um, I've really, really enjoyed these pieces. And I know you guys have as well. So it's great that Mark has uh, the time for us with his busy schedule. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Um, Me, I'll just be excited for tonight. Um, You know, it seems like we haven't had Thursday night football in a while, or we have because we have Tuesday night and Wednesday sometimes in the afternoon. I don't know, guys, but whatever. I'm just happy with it. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power you through game day. And because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it is made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Um, Mark, you know, getting you in here and obviously, you know, the longtime Browns fan you are, we certainly have to mention last Sunday. Um, And I I just I I literally was sitting here the entire day. Well, I guess first half just like pinch me. Like, like, th- th- there's literally nothing that can go wrong. Wait, we're undermanned on defense? We get a fourth and go, we stop on fourth and inches. We're going to force a turnover at the other end. And then looking at Tennessee, looking up at that scoreboard, knowing they're down 17 nothing, and their first reaction is, well, either one of us, if we were down 17 nothing, we're screwed. Either team in that game, if they got down 17 nothing, they were screwed because they had to go away from their bread and butter. Um, and I'll be honest, I-, I have not seen Baker Mayfield play like that in the NFL.
1: Yeah, it it was just, um, it was incredible to watch. And I thought that the confidence uh, that Kevin Stefanski must have and what he believes Baker Mayfield can do and what we saw Baker Mayfield do, I mean, it was an audacious game plan. I was trying to think of like a game it reminded me of because there's been so few of these experiences for Browns fans. And the result of the game that, that came to mind was horrible in the end. But it reminded me of when Bruce Arians um, – 2002 season, when the last time the Browns snuck into the playoffs and played the Steelers in that wild card game, and started Kelly Holcomb at quarterback after the Run William Run game, and everyone thought, "Oh well, Run William Run," like he looked great last week. He's going to come out and they're going to run the ball a bunch and do just what they did against the Falcons in the in the season finale. And Arians came out whipping the ball downfield, and Kelly Holcomb threw for like 420 something yards in that game. And you know, we all know how it ended, but that. Element of surprise um, was just it was a, it was a high risk high reward for Kevin Stefanski and the Browns coaching staff and um, you know credit to the defense uh, in the first half where I thought Sheldon Richardson it seems to be someone different every week it really does but Sheldon Richardson to um, stuff Derek Henry on fourth and one next drive generate that fumble it's to me it just it shows a team that is well organized. Um, with total belief in themselves, I think. I think what we're catching up to, what I'm catching up to as a Browns fan, is that I was. I mean, you know, on pins and needles. Uh, you know, from Friday to Sunday, just wondering. Don't get embarrassed, please. Show up and be the Browns team that we've seen, so that the national narrative, which really um, I found annoying a week ago. Um, and listen, I I picked Cleveland to lose a very close game, so I I didn't see what they were capable of or what they could do there. Um, I think the Titans are still a really good team, but to do what they did, and with the amount of confidence and and the and the pristine perfection of it in the first half and the second half, like whenever those games happen, tell me if I'm wrong. Like I feel like the second half is always going to get a little weird, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know. It just and it did, but their ability to play the way they did um, for 30 minutes to start that game, uh, it kind of erased any idea I have on on what their ceiling is or, or where they go this season. And it, and that, to me, is an exciting um, element. I mean, it's been a really long time since a Browns fan has felt that way about the football team.
0: So then, Mark, you know, we talked early in the year, and you were talking about how you were, you know, cautious, like this was your child, and you held the hand extra tight. Well, here we are a few months later in the 2020 Cleveland Browns. They're off to college, essentially, um, <laughs> as far as Mark is concerned. <laughs> Um, so other things that, you know, I, you know, you talked about it and just other players and just stepping up in general, MJ Stewart, here was an addition that was made in the summer, never really got an opportunity, you know, got his opportunity. Um, so he gets into the mix, obviously, you know, he showed well for himself, uh, the linebacking unit. Look, it's not great. We're not going to sit here and argue best linebacking unit in the world, but you're finding some way for it to function and which is key. And I think getting lost in all of this. And look, Kevin Stefanski deserves a ton of credit for what he's doing. But for a guy like Joe Woods, who's looking around going, "My stars aren't here. We really didn't have all the pieces that I was looking for, the way I like to do a defense." But just week in week out, they just seem to be getting better. And you know, we've talked at times about you know you can't just you know rely on these turnovers, which more often than not it seems they're getting the turnovers. Um, they always have the ability to get, get after the quarterback. And this one, Mark, um, it wasn't the Jarvis Landry one. It was the Kendall Lamb. And I'm thinking to myself, Mark Sessler, in a game like this, can somebody got the guts to call a tricky play and it make a
1: difference? Well, and it, it, they've shown that courage to do that um, all season. And I,
0: think that, I think part of the reason why he does it is knowing the young group he has. And everybody gets excited when the trick play is called. And nobody wants to flub it up because guess what? The next week coach says, yeah, I love that play, but we're not going to run it, guys.
1: And you won't be involved in it, exactly. I mean, or, or, <laughs> the, or the, you know, the pass to Baker Mayfield. A, a great catch. Um, you know, in years past, that's an incompletion to whoever they throw it to. It's or just little moments. It tips,
0: off his, moments. It, it, it tips it, off his helmet. It's an interception.
1: Exactly. And, and, and even watching that play, Nick Chubb's um, perfect little soft pitch for you know, for Landry to, to grab it and then make the throw. And, you know, it wasn't, I, I don't think it was the best throw on the planet, but, but just the little details. And uh, this is a team that has gone without um, attention to little details for, for eons. And so I think it's, it's just a different viewing experience. And, and when you're, when you have a team that's, that is playing with, with that attention to detail, I think a coaching staff can gauge whether or not they're capable of doing certain things and extra things like that, um, and and it's it's not just magic. It's that this team seems to probably practice really well during the week. And that's there's a lot to be said for for any of these teams that look good on that level because you know they're spending half their time at home on Zoom meetings. P- practices are getting canceled left and right. You're losing players out of the lineup with Corona. And Cleveland's dealt with some of that too. I mean, we know the Ravens have. Um, the Titans certainly have. But you know, to navigate all that, um, in in this season especially, um is a is a notable achievement. And so I guess, you know, it's you get to the point now where um I thought that was a perception altering when people talk about and think about the Browns differently. Um, and that, you know, that's just not that's meritocracy. That's based on their actual performance. Uh and I, I think that's the encouraging thing. And the and the challenges keep coming. And at some point as a I think I'm speaking to myself as a longtime jaded Browns fan, you just gotta hang on and take the ride. You know, it's like see where it takes you because why not be uh, why not face the best possible teams down the stretch? I love that the Ravens and Steelers are coming up and and see how you stack up and, and go in with no fear. I mean, the, the Browns team is doing that before some of the fans the fan base fans are, and, and I'm one of them. I mean, I'm catching up to this experience, and it's uh, it's more emotional than I thought it would be. To be honest.
0: Um, it's look, it's, you know, we've, we've bought in a false hope and false belief in the past, um, you know, with everything we thought maybe 2019 could possibly be. Um, and that was just the one where it was, oh man, really? She was so pretty. She was so cool. She was so nice. And I woke up the next morning, she left my best, best friend, all the, all the, all the furniture in the apartment and the bank accounts are dry. Um, so yes, it's, it's quick. It's, it's very difficult to get back up and get ready to commit again after something like that. Um, And we had mentioned last week, I I didn't understand how this was a one o'clock game. I mean, you had two eight and three teams. So it seemed weird. With that being said, we'll get to this in the second segment, because not only are we now looking at Monday Night Football, we're looking at Sunday Night Football. Asterisk, of course, guys, next to any time we are mentioning when the game may actually be played. We're going to get to all that and more. um, And obviously questions about, you know, Mr. Teller, Mr. Ward, you know, in how important it would be to go battle the Ravens with both of those players. In the lineup. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every day. Easy to take in one and a half ounces packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Put it in your golf bag to power through the back nine. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's easier on my stomach. Three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. How does Biltko work so well? Biltco combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets into my system, and again, it's easy on the stomach. Biltko is loaded with good stuff to ignite my work, beta-alanine. B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. Built Go, then kicks to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily percentage. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit Biltco.com and use the promo code LOCKED, L O C K E D, all caps, no space, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKED for 20% off. At BuiltGo.com, let's go. So, Mark, you know, in my displeasure that that was a 1 o'clock game on Sunday with Monday night following, and it's as weird as it is, um, you know, make whatever you want, jokes you ever want about the New York Giants. They're going to host a playoff game. I I, I don't see any way that does not happen. So now you get Sunday night football as well, uh, pushed to prime time. And part of me is a little – little on the edge of my seat little nervous because again here and you know there's been times where hey we tried to tell people hey i think they're getting better they're getting better and then there's a thursday night game or there's a game you know and it's what are you talking about dude it's 27 and nothing in the middle of the second quarter so but look all the eyes are going to be here um but again i do feel more confident with these games coming up that you know this team is up to the task and you mentioned the, the the detail to the little things. And maybe this has something to do with just Coach Stefanski and the way he is. Maybe it also has something to do with the fact – the way these teams have to work. You're not seeing your players on Monday or Tuesday. So there has to be, like, these notes and the way they're written up. And, you know, m- hey, it sounds really, really stupid, but make sure you're hydrating. Like, you're not in the building. I mean, so there's got to be, you know, somehow, some way. And, and it's just – it's an incredible job by a first year head coach who's not getting access to his players the way he should be. But primetime, I'm looking forward for you know, coffee, I guess, at
1: about 11 o'clock, whatever, to get do these post game shows. But we'll take it. It's uh, it's incredible that they were moved to Sunday night football. I mean, it, it you know, it, it's logically it makes sense, but um, yeah, I was it Cowboys Niners, yes. It was like the Cowboys got moved out.
0: But even still, the 49ers, I mean, two established franchises. And here you go and say, we're we're kicking you out of here. And the Cleveland Browns are going to take that stage.
1: Yeah. And I think like the flex schedule is some of the best, one of the better, you know, NFL creations, right? Because otherwise you get stuck with these absolute nightmares um, on national TV. We don't need to see the Bears, the Eagles, the Cowboys, but good for them because you know what? The Giants are, are, are. a pretty interesting team themselves and um, really put it to Russell Wilson. So, a game I think that a couple months ago looked like, oh, you're going to walk over the Jets and Giants. You know that those will be two wins, barring disaster. Um, this is a real challenge, I think. But um, it's important for Cleveland, I think, to win one of these two games. I really do, because it, 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 they should. Um, the Ravens game, uh, to me, is it, for all the perceptions that were altered by the Titans win. Uh, I think everyone still clearly would just say, Cool, but it's the Ravens and the Steelers Titans, that have been beating Titans had you up a bad day. That
0: would be the excuse. The Titans exactly, just had
1: a bad day, exactly. And I, and I you know, I, I think Cleveland is trying to send a message to anyone observing them. Like we see ourselves differently than we did in Week One. Um, they are different. We had no idea what their identity was. I mean, we could, we kind of had, could guess at it, but their identity has been given to us by their play. And so, uh, you know. Um, it's a, going to be a great Monday night showdown. And it, I, I don't know where, I guess what, what age you are would probably, um, dictate how you view the Ravens. Uh, there are, I'm, I'm take the Ravens, um, move the, the whole move to Baltimore. I mean, I took very personally, I, I like personally, I was l- exiting college at that time and had planned for 10 years to go work for the Browns to do anything. I would have like, Uh, Worked in the cafeteria, and they moved months before I graduated, and um, that's that's everyone has their version of that. But the second part for me is that, um, and and, you know, and I sometimes can get real salty uh, to uh, (laughs) uh, regarding the Ravens if I if I want to, but um, you got to, I don't want to do that too often, like on Twitter and stuff. But um, when I when I used to go watch like you know games out at pubs at night when you were allowed to still do that, and you run into the Ravens fan who's twenty three years old and simply has no idea the team came from Cleveland. To me, um, I am uh, emotional and and imperfect enough to to take offense at that. I think you should know the history of your team and why it happened and why the Browns-Ravens rivalry, even though it has not been a rivalry, is a very personal personal connection and relationship there. Um, And I don't think it can be understated how much it would mean for Cleveland to beat Baltimore on Monday Night Football. Because year after year they put the Cleveland Browns on national TV against the Steelers and Ravens because oh it's an AFC North rivalry but it also means you get stamped on national television and there has been no comeuppance for that. Don't talk to me about last year's aberration where they took out Baltimore. Nice game, but that happened also at the 1 p.m. slot. I want this. I want to see what they can accomplish on national television against who I truly think are their mortal enemies. Because I remember going to the last ever. Brown Steelers Monday night game before they moved in 1995 and Steelers fans were hanging um, dolls of Art Modell they were I I had a Browns jersey on and they were coming up and hugging me because they lost what was a real rival to them back then and now it's just we've been replaced by the Ravens Um, it doesn't sit well with me and it shouldn't sit well with any Browns fans and I you know I think this game is one of the biggest Browns games I can ever imagine my whole life
0: i don't i don't disagree with you and you know looking you know at the ravens and you know in pre covid and you know i did the crossover with our locked on ravens host last night this team was scuffling and had issues before covid hit it they just haven't found their mark and maybe because they're, they're trying to go more wide receiver based with their passing game and you know one of those things of maybe why did you broke it you know why did you fix it if it wasn't broken essentially so they are struggling Um, You know, Wyatt Teller is certainly someone you would love to have for this game. And it looks like it's trending this way. And, you know, I speak with a bunch of members of the Teller family and they're really hoping it trends this way because they were planning to come to Monday Night Football this week. You don't get a lot of opportunities to come see your family, you know, your family play in 2020 NFL and Denzel Ward. I, I think with Denzel Ward, I'm wondering if this is a case of it's okay if we only get him for the Raven game. And then maybe he needs another week, whether it's the Giants or Jets. And then maybe you're hoping you get him again for Pittsburgh. So if you're going to say, "Hey, maybe we don't know," is it sixty percent, sixty-five? Let's throw him out there and see how long he can go, um, and then we'll worry about where we're going to be come week seventeen and hopefully beyond.
1: Yeah, interesting because that that's that's an interesting strategy. I mean, I th- I thought it was it was promising that Stefanski, uh, you know, kind of kind of pushed away at the idea that it was a stretch he would play sort of the opposite that they're very hopeful. Um, I mean calf injuries, it could could ga- see-
0: which could be gamesmanship, who knows, but either way, sure.
1: it could be. I mean, it, he seems to be pretty straight um, when he's reporting on injuries, but you're right. I think he probably they just don't know. I mean, a calf injury like you might not have an answer till that morning or just you, who knows, right? Um, but I'm impressed that they were able to get through last week's game um, without him. I mean, yeah, they got torched a bit in the second half. I mean, quite a bit. But um, Denzel Ward in this game matters. I think you got to seal the edge, and, and he's great against the run. Anything you, you know, it, like, they need everyone because this is like I, I know it was Dallas, but they their running game came to life um, uh, on whatever night that was. I mean, was that I don't even remember what night that was at this point. These games, they're like it used to be special the games were on Saturdays. Like starting next week. It's not special this time around. It's like it's more special if we're on like a Tuesday at 10 a.m. That's what we're used to at this point. But, I mean, anyone, they, they need everyone. They need everyone. And, um, I, you know, I, it, it, you're going to get the best version of the Ravens. I really do think that. Both of these teams are going to get up for this game.
0: I don't think the Ravens, you know, the Ravens do not want to go from 14-2 and two to not making the playoffs next year um, because, regardless, that's going to cause some, – some heads are going to roll. You don't go from fourteen and two to not making the playoffs without somebody. You know, and it's not it's certainly not going to be John, uh, you know John Harbaugh, but uh, you know, a coordinator. Somebody's going to you know end up out of work over this because somebody's going to have to answer for it. Um, but the team itself, they're starting to get everybody back, and it seems like they're trying to go back to what was working so well in 2019. Um, and it's not, it's not a diss on Lamar Jackson to ask him to run the ball a little more or call plays for him to run the ball a little more because he's so he's exceptional at it. But I was surprised that his first game back after COVID, because you're trying to – nobody really knows. Okay, you're healthy enough to come back, but I, I'm not in your body. I don't know what you have. And Miles Garrett looked like you – know, there were times where he was certainly grasping for air, but you know, when the, the opposing team throws the ball 30 times or 35 in the second half, that's going to happen regardless. So we're still trying to monitor that. But it certainly seems like they're trying to go back to more of um, the hell with the passing game. Uh, we'll use it when we need to. We know we can run the ball. So that's what we're going to go with right now because we're up against it. And for Baltimore, conceivably, they may have to win out. Because right now they do not control their own destiny. I, If I think if I'm thinking correct, yeah, maybe with the Raiders, maybe they do control their own destiny. But they can't afford to lose a game here. Um, they're already uh, you know two games behind. Cleveland as it is, if they lose Monday night, that's three. And that maybe be sayonara, as it wrote, and we'll see how it works out between the Colts and the Titans, but it's trending like both of them will be in. And that only will leave one seat after that. If the Browns can at least just split, there's all they really essentially have to do is split uh, going down to the end, but it, it's been a transition to almost like, well, you know what? We know this works. I'm not worried about these six yard square outs with to a five foot, nine wide receiver. This is not why we brought him here. And everybody, oh, Hollywood Brown had a great night the other night. I looked, you know, this not go out. No, that's not what he's here to do. He is literally here to open up the field for everybody else. So I think it was what, five for 44 and to a touchdown? No, that is not what he is
1: there to do. Yeah. And I mean, this is a player that's, you know, openly complained about the offense on social media this year. Well, so he probably
0: watches Chiefs, game, Chiefs games, Mark, you sure. say. That's what I'm here for.
1: Sure. And I think that's, you know, I think part of the, the experience for the Ravens. And I feel like they're a team that um, outside of like Steve Smith joining the club for a while, they really haven't had too many standout wide receivers, but, but for years they, they wanted to, and just weren't able to find that position. I mean, or at the counter
0: veteran, I remember Anquan Bolden during the, the, uh, right. the Flacco, you know, the, They've never been able to basically find their true number one. He's one been one of the best receivers in Ravens history.
1: It's funny because it's, it's really the only dry spot for Ozzie Newsom. Um, And Ozzie Newsom's first real find with the Cleveland Browns um, way back when under Bill Belichick was Michael Jackson, who was a fascinating wide receiver who went (laughs) on to a great career with the Browns and the Ravens. So um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, they, they go out and find known quantities, but this is a, this team, uh, their identity is not wide receiver land. They they are going to want to run the ball. In the list. And listen, Dallas, I think, is a defense that has given up. I mean, I saw a team that basically just gave up in that game. So, I, you know, I I would say that does that tell us who the Ravens are at full blast? I mean, their offensive line has some issues. Um, can Cleveland take advantage of that? Can they get some push? Can they Can they cause some havoc for Lamar Jackson? The one thing I would look at from last year, and it's ancient history, but there are still a lot of the same players – is that they made life real difficult for Lamar Jackson um, in the early part of that game, and I thought that they create they they controlled the game script, and that's Cleveland's recipe. Like I don't want to see a Cleveland team having to play from behind. I don't think that that's it, you know to your point about Titans Browns whoever got out early like that was going to win that game, and I feel that way about this game too. That a there is the psychological and mental hurdles to get over. Um, a lot of that is fan base. Stuff though, like a lot of these players weren't even born when this team moved they don't care about um nor should they they are they are completely confident in themselves, so I think that helps that this isn't really a group of players that have been damaged by Baltimore and Pittsburgh for seven or eight years in a row they don't feel they 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 shun the past, and I welcome that um but you've got to find a way to get Baltimore uncomfortable because there are plenty of moments in the last couple of weeks where they looked um Far from whole, and I realize that there's the Corona aspect to that. But but for a while now, their offense has been, you know, a little bit like a lower version of what last year's was, and and they are pretty one sided. So if you can force them into having to air it out, that helps. Now I think getting Mark Andrews back is a big thing for them. The one big difference I see in Baltimore is that last year Andrews and that group of tight ends were dominant in a huge part, an extension of the run game and a huge successful part of the air game. And that's not been the case this year. Mark Andrews has not been that player.
0: No, he's a great player. Um, And and the other thing, and, you know, him, he was the one you were probably most, uh, you know, nervous about when you heard it, uh, you know, type one diabetic. Um, You know, so here was a guy who, and nobody would have faulted him if he said, look, this ain't right. I can't do this. Um, You know, I have a family. I want to be here. You know, whenever, whenever this is all well again, I'll come back and play. Um, but for him to be the you know, that was the one that really was just like, oh, that was that was the tough one to swallow. Um, but again, you know, like in what you're saying here with, you know, these current version and these 22 and 22 three year old kids, they don't they know the Ravens as a rival because we play them twice a year and we're in the AFC North. They weren't we're not were not around, didn't experience the backstory, didn't you know have to go through all that. But a number one, yes, it is a big matchup. A number two, you would love to. Put this on somebody else and say, "Here's your punch in your mouth." Now you deal, scratch, you know, fight, scratch, claw over the last three last three weeks to see if, if you can get to this opportunity. We'll be looking down at you, and you know, good luck with all that. However, it works out, you know, good luck, guys. Whatever. Um, but you certainly want to be in that opportunity, and you know, with what they put in, and the fact that that could be win number ten. I mean, and you walk out of there, it's it just a great, great. Um, possibility of just how this could set up on Monday night. We're going to get to a little bit more here with Mark. This football season, again, will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fools because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Mark, all they really got to do is split. That's it. All they got to do is find find some – and look, you know, Washington, God bless you. You're, you messed it up for us because now maybe you made week 17 become real, and we'll see. And obviously, it's way too early to tell. Um, so there is that aspect of it. And I I think a lot of Browns fans would love to go in that game knowing it's going to be real and we're going to see a game the week after, regardless of what happens, because look, you know, part of this is measuring where you are in this competition early in the year. It wasn't up to par as far as Baltimore and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh still. And, you know, I I don't want to say soft, You, you know, 11 and 18 is soft, um, but it didn't it wasn't a gorgeous looking 11 and 0. And then, you know, Washington, really Washington. That was the team. That was the team you lost to. Um, you know, it, it was funny because we were actually recording during the first half of this game and John Costco from PFF was on me. And he was like, Oh, well, you know, and now Pittsburgh's up 14, three. So again, week 17, probably won- might not mean much. And then, so he put the Kavoyker on him, which is good. I'll take it. Um, but you just got to split here. Um, and I, i know i know you i know me we'd love to see week 17 also be a true test and pittsburgh coming in here to have to win and because that may be a bigger matchup than whatever this first playoff game could be
1: yeah i yeah i think it matters to i again I, this season feels sort of like a cleansing of, of all of all this stuff that has happened and piled up over the past 20 years and uh that's why I see this Ravens game so differently. That's why that Steelers game hangs out there. Um, I I would say bring everyone. Why not Cleveland? Why not Cleveland getting to eleven and five and making the playoffs? Um, I, it, they are they are very. I, I think right now as confident as I've ever seen a Browns team, dating back to maybe the nineteen ninety four Browns at, po- at points in the season, the eighty seven Browns to potentially. Um, they're that kind of team. And it should be enjoyable, and and whatever happens with week seventeen in in Pittsburgh, um, yeah, yeah, I get Pittsburgh is not, the they're not every, you know, now it's like everyone's so down on the Steelers that 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 they're not the Chiefs. Their version of a slump is is what we just saw, and it's much better than a lot of other teams' versions of a slump. And they're missing their center. They're missing, you know, some. They've been out of, they've been out of sorts. They have no run game. They didn't have a running back. Oh, they so, lost
0: their right tackle week one. They've also exactly. lost their starting inside linebacker. You know, they really haven't been affected by COVID, but you know, they have been injury affected, no doubt. about
1: Yeah, that. I think they just need to find a little more balance in their offense. Like last, like you don't have, you don't want like Big Ben throwing the ball fifty three times. Um, that game had a lot of drops. There were just a few elements that seemed um, in the world of aberration where I don't. That's not your weekly Steelers. Uh, performance and you know i it's not it's not that crazy that when a team goes 11 and 0 or 10 and 0 or 9 and 0 that their loss comes against someone that you weren't expecting um it's why the jets game scares me for cleveland i mean every game does to some degree that it's like you've got to take care of business against a team that everyone assumes you're going to wipe out and then look what happened to the raiders greg last williams, week
0: greg williams isn't going to be there so
1: <laughs> right keeps rolling I mean, Greg Williams has the unique chance to be part of 2 0 and sixteen teams over the course of four years. That um, I don't, I, you know, he's always talking about his resume. I wouldn't call that a resume builder necessarily, but he can probably spin it into something else.
0: Well, he does, and I'm sure the letters will still come in about you know future jobs. Just show up, and we'll give you the, the endless keys opportunities. The yes, yes, one hundred percent. Just league wise here, um, NFC, AFC if we were to tier some of these teams and we put Kansas city up there, does anybody else, maybe green Bay, And is that it? Is that like the top two tier of this
1: league right now? I wouldn't put green Bay personally next to Kansas city, but I kind of have been a doubter on green Bay. Um, but I will say that I think that they're, they're very solid. And I, I think like, you know, floor has been a great coach for them and you've got Aaron Rodgers playing at an MVP level. So anything could happen. I mean, they've they've worked through a couple kinks this season too, but Aaron Jones is running pretty well, but I wouldn't put them at the, I, I guess the thing is I think Kansas city is a little overinflated in everyone's minds too, where people just assume that they're going to rip through everyone. They've played a bunch of close games, um, but they just, they can score in bunches and, and, and even in these close games, like I'm never sitting around thinking, Ooh, they're going to lose here. I, like, I've thought they're going to they're gonna lose like, maybe once all year, and it's when they actually just lost to the Raiders. I mean, they're, they're, my confidence in them is, is sky high until someone punches them in the face.
0: My thing with Kansas City, and I'm looking at this from a Browns perspective, is you know, they have their issues with the run, and if the Browns went in there and said, well, guess what, Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have the ball for 20 minutes. So you, you, you know, we're playing 60. You've got it for 20. So you're going to have to match whatever we can do. Because I I just don't – granted, the Browns, with their offensive line, number one you know, in running, number one in passing. Obviously, nobody else has that luxury. But then you put Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt behind that. I mean, I don't care. I, I want to see this matchup. I'd, I'd kill for the possibility. I understand it's going to be in Kansas City. Um, granted, it's not going to be the full you know playoff game, Kansas City Chiefs experience that it would be. But, you know, the way they've gone um, and, you know, the fact that it's two four-game winning streaks within one season, which is just enough to, you know, blow your mind. Um, yeah, I, I'd i love – and I don't care if that becomes what ends the 2020 season. But, I mean, if we're really, really trying to see where we're at and maybe what we need to get over that hump, by all means, God, I would love every second of it.
1: You know, uh, Lindsey Jones from The Athletic, really good writer. Um, yes, she has a mailbag each week and she agrees with you. She she picked They someone asked like, you know, so who can who can touch Kansas City? Um, she mentioned the Raiders because they're the only team in a calendar year to beat them. So that's logical. I agree with her. They're, they're built to be to beat Kansas City. That's how they're being built. Cleveland, not necessarily. But Cleveland's the other team she mentioned for um, the bullet points that you suggested. I, I agree with you. Uh, you know, I, I would put a really healthy. Ravens team in there too in the sense that if they you, you if you could if they can be successful on the ground against Kansas City well, the other um, thing is it's getting thing.
0: close here for Baltimore it's getting close where it's you know like even with Peyton with the Patriots you know w- w- when's it going to happen like you're going to eventually have to beat him sometime. so we're getting almost and it's weird in year three of Lamar Jackson's career we're saying this but it's getting time where can you beat the Chiefs
1: yep yeah and I you know I, I know Steelers if, if Steelers fans listen to Locked On Browns that would be Slightly masochistic, but um, like they got to be hating us because this is what's happened to them over the past couple of weeks. I think it's when you have two bad games on national TV in a row, um, you know, people start to group think that the Steelers are done. I don't think they're done. I think we're going to get another really strong version, um, ebb and flow of the Steelers down the stretch. So, I, this is the way it should be. You got three very good teams in the AFC North. I think they're all surging. They're all going to be surging a couple of weeks from now, and it makes for a fascinating end of the year. And win or lose, here's the thing. In past years, the Cleveland was 3-10 Cleveland was and 10 right now. And, you know, house on fire, infighting, players complaining. We're sitting around talking about which GM they might hire or trying to get a coach away from another team when there's six other teams looking for coaches. So, I mean, overall, this season has been – one of the most transformative um, football campaigns I can remember, really imagine for many. You could put a bunch of teams together, and this for the Cleveland Browns is um, really unusual. So to have Baltimore and Pittsburgh still on the on the slate, um, it's juicy. Sign me up.
0: Yeah, and, and now it's you know I mean this is almost to the point of um, you know let's let's go get some payback here. I mean it, it's been good enough. Um, January seems like there's going to be a game played after January fourth. And while we're at it, guess what? Your older brother came home. He's a little drunk, and you owe him a punch in the eye. And here's the opportunity to go ahead and take
1: him out. I mean, He is. good. Well, I said the Browns, as the little brother, feel like they've been on a, a drunken sprawl for 20 years. Not healthy. Uh, they're still – if you're a younger brother, you shouldn't be drinking like that. But um, that's what they've been doing. Now they've gotten sober, and they're seeing clearly.
0: 100%. He is, Mark Sessler, part of the Around the NFL podcast from uh, NFL.com. Uh Mark does a fantastic job. And as much as COVID has stunk and um the meme here of you know the burning buildings and person on the swing and Browns fans, yeah, we're enjoying it. Um of course we're keeping everything in realism. Um but one of the good things of this is you know Mark is home, so he has a little bit more availability, which has been fantastic. And as this has grown and as this has become such a great product, it's great to have somebody with his knowledge who also happens to be a big fan of this franchise and has been waiting for this in an extremely long time to be able to come on here and, you know, basically fanboy out a little bit and talk about a team that he enjoys watching. So make sure you're checking out everything Mark does. Uh, the crew are around the NFL, fantastic. Um, I know they get me through many a day while I'm working, um, while everybody else has got music going on. No, I'll listen to football talk, guys. I'm good. Um, the show itself, Locked On Browns, uh, follow back account on Twitter, as you guys know. DMs are open, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs open over there as well. The show itself, iTunes, Spotify, Locked on Browns. Make sure you're subscribed. Written reviews, five-star ratings. Come on, guys, a little Christmas gift for Jeff, please, as I'm here for you guys every day and have been here in the lean times of 2017 trying to say, well, if they just get a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, two cornerbacks, a safety, three linebackers, maybe this team will be good. But here we are, alas. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, bro.